Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So we are here today to make some announcements. <laughs> um, yeah. Along with address some questions that we've gotten from just our community and people that have DM'd us or um, some of our glam girl athletes that have asked us. But I wanted to start off the podcast with kind of making an official announcement of where Chris is at in her prep. So why don't you take that (laughs) for us? Yes. So I am down to the wire. I have one week left, uh, just about to enter peak week. So, oh yeah, it's like a week and a half until my show. Um, and uh, we will be traveling to um, Olympic Valley, California to um, get me back up on that stage for the Tahoe Pro. So, yeah, that will be coming up really soon. So we will keep you guys uh, updated with any other information. But the announcement has been made. Yes, Lake Tahoe, <laughs> here we come. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted you to share with the listeners because I think a lot of times, you know, competitions can get pretty glamorized and everybody shows the highlight reels, but we are here to keep it real talk. So can you give us kind of the real life version of that? Sometimes prep is hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would be happy to share that. I think, that's something that I definitely forgot being away from stage um, and not being in a dieting phase for a long time is you see so much wonderful like shots on Instagram and how people are like feeling great and wonderful. And um, yeah, it's tough. I was very much reminded how tough this sport is. Um, But with every prep, I feel like I do learn a little bit more about myself and my body And I do know that the more that I push myself, the more I need to actually increase um, priorities with recovery. And I have mentioned sleep in a podcast uh, pretty recently. So uh, making sure that my mental endurance is matched with my physical endurance to push through the last couple of weeks has been something that I've been discovering uh, what I could do to actually implement to keep me feeling super strong going into my show. Um, So something that I did this past weekend, so it's the weekend right before I start my peak week, is um, I found a really affordable nice hotel under a hundred bucks a night and um, treated myself to a little bit of a getaway where, um, you know, I still had all of my food prepped and a mini fridge and I bought a microwave Um, and I had gym access, so I was able to still execute everything on my list, but it really removed me away from a lot of, uh, responsibilities at home where the only thing I could concentrate on was resting and relaxing outside of, um, you know, my exercise routine and, uh, it was really refreshing. I have to say I was, I was very surprised. I was debating if I wanted to do this because it's an extra expense. And, you know, competing can be, uh, you know, okay, take a hit on your wallet. So I was like, do I really want to pay for an extra weekend, like right before my show? But I left uh, Monday morning for work feeling super refreshed. I felt mentally more clear. 
Um, I felt new uh, energy. Like I felt very energized because I was able to kind of have like that mini vacation right before I was about to like really hit the gas pedal and push forward for this uh, pro show. So yeah, that's just like a small little tip that I found that really worked for me and helping me manage stress as well. Yeah. And I know you had kind of a little bit of a list on some of stress Mm -hmm. uh, reducing or managing stress tips for our listeners as well. Yeah, I actually found a couple things that um, are also really easy to implement um, to help you stay organized and reduce stress as much as possible. So number one is setting a schedule, which um, actually a couple months ago, Amy, you reminded me to do this because that definitely helps me like schedule out my day and block off time. So making sure that you have like your uh, workout scheduled in, you have your actual career hours scheduled in and any other activities that may require your time, they're blocked off throughout the day kind of helps you stay on track. So you're not spending 20 minutes trying to decide what you should be working on next and your priorities are already set for the day. So And especially if you have families, it's super great to make sure that, you know, you have everybody kind of in some type of regiment so that things can be executed smoothly um, and there's less hiccups along the way. I think just having um, a set routine or having some type of step-by-step schedule for the day just reduces a lot of stress. Um, And I also feel like uh, sometimes when you are, you know, maybe having a little bit of self-doubt or you're approaching a show and you're like, am I really going to be ready? Am I going to look like a, like an athlete up there on stage? Um, making sure that you are taking care of yourself uh, as far as like maybe treat yourself to like a cute outfit in the gym and, you know, like wear that outfit as an athlete and really uh, kind of envelop that mentality. Um, I think a lot of how you treat yourself sometimes is how you will act. So I know it gets tough towards the end of your prep where you just, your energy is low. So you just want to be in comfortable clothes. But um, even when we talked about activities with like COVID coming up that, you know, waking up, putting on your makeup, going through your normal routine, putting on like an outfit that embodies the type of person that you want to be can also help you uh, stay focused and, um, reduce some stress as well too and even like laying out your clothes the night before is like a huge one yeah I know Um, when (laughs) when I get to those moments I feel like it's like ponytail uh barely have time to shower (laughs) you know some of those hygiene things go out the window so that's a good reminder yes yeah absolutely yeah and then um communication is number one such a big thing because a lot of times as you're approaching your show day, things are getting like very regimented um, as far as like your food prep and, you know, maybe you have to do a little bit extra cardio or activity. Um, and so communicating with people around you to let them know what expectations are going to happen within the next couple weeks uh, is really, really instrumental um, because it takes away like any type of conflict if they have different expectations um, like for me, being in, uh, being in a relationship this time around for my prep, it's kind of been like teaching him about like what to expect or what's up next. And so it, 
it's actually made me communicate more because I want him to understand like, okay, I'm going to be tired. Like I'm going to need to go to bed at like such and such time. Um, but laying all of that down ahead of time so that he knows how to adjust his schedule and he knows, um, you know, like where I may need some help or where I may need you to like not eat your pint of ice cream in front of me. It's little things like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, always communicate and then avoid burnout is another big one. I think that is definitely one of my faults is I just push, 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 push. And like, I don't want to be crawling onto stage. Um, I want to go up there feeling confident and excited and positive. And so making sure that I am prioritizing my day, like we talked about with the schedule, giving myself that space. Like I've really learned that I just need quiet. Like that's the only time my brain gets to recharge. Um, and really making sure that those things are set into place, maybe even a little bit more before you go up for your competition will help you uh, like step on stage refreshed and not feel like you're kind of like just dragging yourself up there. Um, so it's a, it's a big lesson. I feel like this whole process and learning your body, learning what you need and um, not just getting a great physique, but just learning how to adapt your life overall as a healthy individual. Awesome. Well, those are great tips. And we had a couple of questions about some other different things. So, um, in terms of L-carnitine, uh, I've had some recent questions from clients as to what that does for the body, what that is, what are the benefits, um, is it something that you should incorporate in your prep and kind of what time of the year to incorporate it? So I know that I personally never make a recommendation unless I ingest something. So with First Form's mm -hmm. new L-carnitine, that uh, supplement that just came out. Um, I have used that over the last month or so. Um, it's a zero calorie drink, which, you know, I love because I don't like to drink my calories. Uh, it's mango strawberry. It tastes really good. Um, and I take it before my workout. What that's done for me anecdotally is I just feel like I have more of a focused workout. I have more mental clarity and it's, it's not, um, it's not like a, a pre-workout in the sense like where it makes you like hype and energized. Yeah. It does have some green tea extract, but it's mostly for the antioxidant type of purposes and fat burning purposes. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm not like super crazy and shaky or anything on it, but I have noticed. Um, so during the whole COVID thing, I had dealt with a lot of stress and um, I, yeah. my cortisol was extra elevated, which hence made my blood sugars pretty high. And I'm normally a person that has a very low fasting blood glucose. So that was like a huge eye opener for me. And so one of the research benefits of L-carnitine is, um, well, first of all, let me describe to you what it actually is. So the yeah. root word carne is actually meat uh, or carnivore, right? So you actually can consume L-carnitine from your um, animal meats. So vegans still have L-carnitine. Our bodies have to have L-carnitine. Uh, so our kidneys and our liver can produce some by combining amino acids. But the primary source is, you know, if you're 
if you're eating a steak, you're going to get some L-carnitine from that. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, it plays this super critical role in energy production, and it, it transports your long-chain fatty acids into the mitochondria. So your yeah. your mitochondria are a cell that's your powerhouse. It's basically like your your energy. So think of it as your power plant for your for your um how your body functions. And so mm-hmm. these fatty acids as they go into the mitochondria, then they can be oxidized and burned to produce energy. And mm-hmm. so this L-carnitine is going to be concentrated in the tissues like your skeletal muscle, your cardiac muscle, and they utilize these fatty acids as a dietary fuel. So there have been some studies done on L-carnitine, and it's kind of a mixed bag when it comes to the science behind L-carnitine. But one, the, there are three things that have been proven through several different scientific studies um, and meta-analysis. And the first one that I want to talk about is improved insulin sensitivity. So that's why I started implementing it, just because I wanted to see kind of what that would do for my fat loss in terms of kind of managing my blood sugars. And so the L-carnitine, it just, for, especially with type 2 diabetics, that's where the most research has been done that it's shown to help with, um, getting rid of insulin resistance and improving insulin sensitivity. Um, So we know that increased storage of fat and lean tissue has become a marker of insulin resistance. And the early Hmm. research suggests that the supplementation of the L-carnitine intravenously may improve insulin sensitivity in diabetics by decreasing their fat levels in muscle and may lower glucose levels in the body by more promptly increasing its oxidation into the cells. So these clinical trials, basically they had like three grams a day orally of L-carnitine, and there are two different types, so it's the acetyl L-carnitine. There's two different types of carnitine, so make sure it's L-carnitine. And Mm -hmm. for one year, these diabetic patients um, basically reported a significant relief of their nerve pain and improve um, vibration perception in those uh, that were diabetic, that had diabetic neuropathy. So that's one research study. And then um, another one, it does help with anybody that, so as we age, we basically lose um, the ability to, we decrease our ability to produce L-carnitine naturally. So uh, it can, it's been proven and researched mostly. There was a really, really good study that was done with rats that found that it helped basically the antioxidants along with the L-carnitine helped reduce the mitochondrial decay. And then they also had improved like their performance on memory tasks and um, their ability to move about. And then they did another study um, with humans and this was several meta-analysis that it basically showed an improved and reduce the deterioration in older adults um, with mild cognitive impairment or Alzheimer's. So definitely mm-hmm. if you have any kind of um, history of Alzheimer's or 
something like that, it'd be a good thing, especially if you're an aging population to kind of implement that in. And so um, with all of this combined, there is a third benefit, but really, I don't think a lot of our listeners are going to really care about this, but (laughs) L-carnitine is sperm. So it helps with male male fertility. So those of you that um, want that third benefit of L-carnitine, that is also what happens there. Um, so in general, yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry, go Yay. ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was going to also add, like, I remember learning about, uh, in one of my chemistry classes, um, how L-carnitine was part of the process of breaking down those fatty acids. So like, that's what I've heard mostly is it's like indirectly the L-carnitine is indirectly utilized to help you, uh, like fatty acids or more fat stores for an energy source. Um, but I had no idea there was like all those other benefits. So I hope they continue to do these studies. I think it's really interesting how different like elements in our body just really incorporate so many other health benefits. Yeah. And it's, it's not even indirectly it, L-carnitine is necessary to shuttle long chain fatty acids into the mitochondria. So our bodies have to make it. Um, the question yeah. is, it is it beneficial to supplement? Because most of our listeners are probably ingesting uh, protein, uh, which is, mm-hmm. you know, from meat. So they're getting it through their diet. Um, vegans might want to consider maybe supplementing. Um, so it's not a necessary thing. You are going to be able to, if you're eating some sort of meat-based protein, you're probably pretty good in that area. But the reason why I like this L-carnitine supplement from First Form is it combines the antioxidants too with the flexitine, um, and it it helps with just like that clarity, that mental side of it, um, and then also like I mean, might as well try it for. Um, like the fat burning purposes, it might help speed up, you know, the production, um, and the fat oxidation there. So, um, that's kind of what I have on that. Um, were there any other things that you wanted to add on L-carnitine? I was curious. Uh, so when is it that you implement L-carnitine into your regimen? Yeah. So I just have it right before I work out. Um, I just feel like I have a more focused workout. Um, okay. And it, it's kind of like it just clears the cobwebs type of thing. It tastes really good, okay. and it's like I said, zero calories. So I don't have it more than that. Um, okay. Just because it does have the green tea extract, so I just am always kind of careful about like when I have um, caffeine. I don't think it has like a huge amount. I know some people will take it midday too, like just for a, a little bit of a, if they're in that midday lull, um, that yeah. would be a good time. And then. In terms of in-season and off-season, I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah. So Dr. Lane Norton, he recommends that you take it. He thinks it's more beneficial in the off-season, uh, especially before a high-carb meal, which I can see how that would be. Um, you're less insulin-sensitive when you are in an improvement season and yeah. you're trying to like push the limit with carbs um, to build. So I could see that, um, but I mean, I'm I'm in a cut, and I I really enjoy it. I've been able to lose about ten pounds in this last month, and I cannot. I'm never gonna say that it's because of a supplement. I mean, that's 
<laughs> that would, I would you guys know me like nutrition is king and I mean I've I've definitely adjusted my macros and I'm always yeah. very consistent with my my exercising and things like that but it has been something that I just I feel better on it so that's kind of my two cents I mean take all that stuff as you will you know it's kind of like anecdotal but I guess try it out see if you like it and um make sure that you have that base of good nutrition first um and that's always the most important thing when it comes to fat loss in general absolutely you know (laughs) you know us the the one percent of the results is probably that supplement um driving you over the edge so um some other questions that we got and I just wanted to briefly address this because you are kind of in that mode right now um I've had a lot of questions about hair and getting ready for a show. So you recently got your hair trimmed. Um, I had suggested doing like a taper on both sides. And can you share with our listeners why we kind of went with that hairstyle rather than just straight across in a horizontal fashion? Um. Well, in bikini, when you're trying to emphasize the hourglass uh figure uh the hair will fall more in a way that will kind of emphasize the upper half of the hourglass so you can see more of like the lats on the side um but it's and it's still revealing a small of your waist so you're getting like a really nice tight waistline and the hair is kind of like um accenting the the frame of the upper body yeah makes sense Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a big trend right now. Uh, Issa has really set the bar as to where bikini needs to be. We always look to Miss Bikini Olympia as our guide for what we need to do. So this year has been different than all the other years of bikini as it constantly evolutionizes. We are now having to do a lat spread in the back pose and the front pose (laughs) because we have to show our shoulders and our lats now in both of those poses. So it's very advantageous to have your hair cut in the right way so that you c- you are not covering your shoulders, you're not covering your back, especially in the back pose. We need that symmetry so you have those big glutes and it matches up top um, and you really are highlighting that V taper. So that was one question that I had and then I had a lot of questions about what types of hair to wear so there in my opinion there's three different options and just doing your natural hair is not one (laughs) i'll just put that out there (laughs) Um, everything needs to be bigger on stage and so yeah your hair just needs to look you know sometimes it's going to feel like it's big texas hair you're going to have this huge bump up and teased and but it looks totally normal on stage because you've got these you know, bright lights, the judges are sitting way down low. So you need to have just like your tan creates like dimension in your body. So does your hair. And so you'll notice that we, we recommend like a brunette, a very dark brunette, very rich color there so that it acts like a backdrop. It's like a frame to frame out mm-hmm. your physique. And then if you're blonde, it should be very blonde, bright color, nothing mousy that gets washed out on stage. Um, So the three options that I recommend is if you have short hair, 
you have red hair, you have thin hair that you can't have any sort of extensions. Um, I even have some people with like shaved head. Um, I would recommend a wig in those cases. Those are a really good option so that you don't have to dye your hair, um, you know, a certain color. You can just pop on the wig. The advantages of the wig is that you don't have to have a hair, hair appointment, which is yeah. a huge saving on money. Um, it also saves you on sleep time because you can just pop so that thing on. Simple. Yeah. yeah. And then in between shows, you can just take it off. You can relax. You don't have to worry about messing up your hair. You can take a little nap yep. in between the shows. So those are my advantages that I would say there. You have to just make sure it's a really good wig. It's The disadvantages yeah. is that it's a huge investment. It's very expensive yeah. to get real human hair. And, um, yeah, I mean, those, those I think, would be the negatives on that. And then yeah. the third – or, I'm sorry, the second option would be – and this is actually my number one. This is what I do – I like it the best. I've tried about everything. Um, I like clip-in extensions. I personally use the Bellini. They're really nice hair. I've gotten like the Remy hair from Sally's. It just, it doesn't come as long as I need it. It usually only mm -hmm. runs to like 18 inches. And so ladies, you just have to remember your height. So if you're a short person, you would be okay to go to Sally's and get like the 18 inch because the shorter girls when they're um when athletes are in their back pose remember they're looking up and they're arching so it makes their hair fall down shorter or i'm sorry longer right yeah so you always want to make sure you get it cut in your back pose and make sure your hairstylist makes enough space in between that sweet spot of the top of your glutes you don't want your hair touching the top of your glutes you want like a two, one to two inch space in between there so they can see how tiny your waist is um, yeah. on the longest part of your hair. So, and yeah. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to add something while you're talking about your hair falling in your back pose. That is one thing that I did when I went to my stylist mm -hmm. is I told, she was asking me like about the cut. Thankfully she um, has worked with a lot of competitors. And so when I told her, I was like, this is how I need it to look. And I know this is going to sound weird, but it needs to look like, this when I'm in my back pose and she's like oh my gosh stand up let me see your back pose <laughs> so <laughs> it was super easy for me to just get into that position and let my hair fall and she knew right away how much to take off yeah so don't be afraid to do that in the salon yeah and I always bring my extensions in and I have so I have our she does all of our show hair she travels with me she's also my workout partner <laughs> Marlin she um she'll you know, cut my hair and we just, at the end of it, you know, she clips in all the extensions, make sure that the color matches the extensions perfectly beforehand, before we color it. And then when she goes to trim it, she puts the extensions in so that we get the full effect of mm. what we need. We even number the extensions so that, because I've been to hair people in the morning and they're totally clueless. Like they don't know which ones go where, they don't know what order, so she just, like, numbered them with a permanent marker, um, oh, which is so really great. super helpful. Um, and then, so anyway, on the extensions, the reason why I got the Bellini is because they have, like, the different lengths. So for me, at 5'7", I need, like, a 22 uh, so that that last tip is long enough. Um, you know, if you're probably your height, I would say, do you use, like, 20s? What do you use? Yeah. 20s. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So if you're taller, you're you might have to go to like a Bellini because they'll make up to like 23 or 24. But um, yeah, so that that's the clip in thing. Again, those are an investment. You know, you're gonna spend like 100 to 300 dollars depending on that. Um, I know that there's bonded ones. I've used those. I've used tapins. With all of those, you have to buy new eventually. So for me, I would rather invest in the clip-ins, reuse them, just wash them, take care of them. I actually have a like, it's like a dress hanger <laughs> for my extensions. Yeah. Um, you know how you have those hangers that like clip onto your skirts? That's how I have, I hang my hair and then I put it in a zipper so that they stay nice. And I know that I kind of got on you about <laughs> your extensions. And oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So make sure everyone, make sure that you wash your extensions and don't wait till like the day before show day or show up and show your coach what a hot mess they look like. <laughs> I was like, so wash these nappy wash dreads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, yeah. So yeah, make sure you wash them and, and take good care of them, especially if you're going to invest a lot of money. That would be smart. Yeah. And Chris, even so this was we'll backtrack a little bit so before she went pro the night before i made her wash her extensions and blow dry them it obviously worked <laughs> every detail counts in bikini yeah. don't let anyone kid you that it's just the physique this is also yeah. unfortunately a beauty pageant in a way um you have to have all the aesthetics so that was important and then when you did your pro yeah. debut you even got like a holder for them to travel to keep them nice which i was proud yeah. of you on that yeah i'm um, much better about it now yeah for someone who's like not into beauty this was like a whole new world to be in bikini yeah so. i'm not into beauty either <laughs> like i'm a ponytail girl so i learned all of this from my friend k ray <laughs> she just yeah she's like completely taught me all of this so I She's take good. zero credit for any of these <laughs> tips, but, um, I've also tried a halo, uh, that gave me, so I use that in Italy and I don't know if it was the fact that I thought I was going to be competing in the morning, but I ended up competing at like 6 30 PM, but I had oh such a massive headache. I will never wear a halo again. A lot of my mm -hmm. competitors really like it. It's more affordable. Yeah. Um, if you don't know if you're going to be doing this sport long term and you don't want to make a huge investment in clip-ins um, and you don't feel like you're going to wear extensions some other time. I know I have clients that like wear them just randomly for other things because they make them feel pretty. Um, especially if you have thinner hair. I have like crazy thick hair. So I only wear yeah, extensions do. on show. You have a mane. <laughs> I know. It's so thick. It's crazy. But, um, but yeah, the halo can be a better... Um, like budget saver I just I personally just I don't know it just I can tell kind of when people have them uh it just doesn't it's kind of like swings weird underneath because it's just yeah. one row of hair whereas the clip-ins yeah. like are layered into pieces and then like since I have thicker hair I don't use like the small clip-in parts um the fillers but then some people might need those so that's kind of my two cents on hair I was asked to do a whole podcast on hair, but I didn't think that we could facilitate that. So that's my 10 minute spiel on hair. <laughs> Have I missed anything that you can think of? No, I think you covered like cut, color, volume. Oh, what about straight or curly? People ask me that too. 
Okay. Yeah, that just depends on the competitor's physique. So hmm. that's I always just take it person by person. Some some of it so it's like the suit color. This is what I always say. Like I want the person to feel the most confident and pretty that they possibly can. So I get, have them give me a couple options in the jewel tones like for their suit that they feel pretty in. And then I kind of yeah. pick based on what would show up best under the stage lights, what would look best for their skin tone and their hair color. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Um, you just you have to kind of like know what they feel most confident in. So beachy waves are okay as long as the person's not like – so the only thing is like it, the curls can sometimes detract from the physique where yeah. um, the straight tends to just make your body more on display in a better way. Yeah. I, I don't know what other way to describe that, but um, you almost look leaner on stage and your muscles pop a little bit more with that like plain background. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, you offset. Yeah, you offset the focal point of your physique by having more of a sleek, moderate, like simple hair regimen. Yeah, and some people they can pull off the the curls, but it it does depend on like how bubbly your muscles are, how mm-hmm. lean you are. Like if you're a petite frame, I always do straight because the curls will outpower your body. So if an athlete's yeah. more of an ectomorph and they have smaller muscle bellies I always go with straight um if they're like a more muscular physique and like um they have more muscular maturity then it's kind of like a mixed bag on it just depends on like what the overall look that makes brings. sense so yeah that's but no like sense. crazy colors you don't advise that no crazy colors high, oh no for your hair no, no like that's what I said or... <laughs> Blonde or brunette. Don't give me some Kool-Aid up there. I've seen that way too many times. And they're usually wearing a green suit. It annoys me. They've got this mm. Kool-Aid hair with a green suit. I'm like, this is not Christmas. But, yeah. Um, especially in the bikini division. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think you can get away with it in, like, women's physique. You can do, like, yes, short hair, that. shaved head, like, on the side. Like, it's very common there, but... Um, yeah, because there's a certain look for a bikini. Yeah. yeah, and then they're just like they're the judges are, you know, that's what they're. We kind of have to play that game. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So, you know, wear your hair whatever you want, like any other time. But like, if you want to be competitive in the sport, then I would suggest wearing a wig if you're gonna go. Like, if you're gonna have blue or pink hair or like underneath, like you're wearing a wig, you know, on stage. Yeah. If you want to yeah. do well, um, that's just unfortunately that's the name of the game. So. Um, and that's why we're here. That's why we're trying to help out. So, uh, this is still the month of September. Um, so that means that you are still eligible to enter your review. Please leave us one on iTunes and we will be sure to put you entered in the drawing for a glam girl hoodie. The only requirement is that you take a screenshot of it, tag us on your story on Instagram. We're at prep life podcast or you can tag us at Glam Girl Bikini, and we'll be sure to enter you in that. And so we'll announce those winners in October. Uh, we so appreciate all the reviews and all the ratings that you have sent. If you liked today's episode, please 
please uh, tell a friend about it. We would love to help anyone out in the sport of bodybuilding. And so if you're interested in training with us, you can apply for the team at glamgirlbikini.com. And we would be glad to set up your phone consultation from there. So this is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.